Okay, um, so it's my privilege to talk on uh, Convince. What a great series. And I just thought, you know, when we are convinced, then it's easy to surrender. You know, we don't often surrender if we're not convinced. Thank you, Byron. Um, yeah, we give it, um, we hold back. But when we're convinced, and I really want to talk about the area of surrender, how we surrender and what we surrender to. Um, do you know, I never grew up in my life not being convinced about God. I'm just so grateful about that. Nobody happened to talk me into God, talk to me about making a commitment to God. Doesn't always mean to say my faith has been as strong as it should, but I've been convinced about God right from the time I was very small. Uh, we lived in a rural area, and my parents, who weren't Christians, sent me to a Sunday school children's church in a home way out in the Ringawatties, which is an out of Otaki. And, you know, everything I heard, my spirit leapt for joy. It's like truth. The Spirit of God me went, truth. And I was fully convinced and convicted, and I made, as I went on, greater decisions, greater commitments to Jesus. So I've been convinced, which has meant that I surrender quite easily. But there are challenges as well. Another area I was convinced in was Bruce. <laughs> I was convinced I wanted to marry Bruce. I, he didn't have to, you know, work hard on me. It's like, yeah, he made my heart beat. <laughs> and um, I just laughed when I thought about it. It's like we just sat in the car and he said, shall we get married? You know, that's a bit different from how they do it these days. But that's how it was in those days. So, of course, I went, yes, because I was totally convinced. One thing I'm trying to be convinced about is the iPad. Oh, my goodness. Because I prefer to work on paper. And Bruce is a very convincing personality. If you know Bruce, he can, you know, push and convince and try and persuade you. And he's been like, Helen, you need to use your iPad. You know, you, but I'm like, no, I like paper. I can put all my extra footnotes, footnotes on it. And I feel secure then. But um, I was forced into surrendering. We were in Europe. Oh, not by Bruce. <laughs> I was um, in Europe and we were going so fast with messages, meetings. I didn't have a day off. It was like there was more meetings, more teaching. I just had to get quick on the iPad. I couldn't find a printer to make me feel secure. I just had to work on the iPad and, you know, I was freaked out. You know, now I've come back from Europe, I've got time to print, but I'm like, no, I've gone out there. I need to stay out there. Does it matter? Not really. Does it matter whether it's paper or it's an iPad? No, it doesn't matter, but I'm out there and I need to stay out there because the next thing I'd have to stretch to will be beyond that and it'll be much, much harder. And I felt that that was a word for someone here today, that you're out there. You've gone out there and God says, stay out there. You know, it doesn't matter whether it feels uncomfortable or not, just like that rotated on me and it caused me a little panic inside. I need to stay out there, not that it matters, but because I've gone out there to retreat back would be harder to come forward. So you get the idea? So we're convinced about God's grace because God wants us to live in a far bigger space than we can on our own. 
You know, if it was up to me, I would live a very tiny life, but God's space gives me room to breathe. Romans, Romans chapter 5 says that, you know, I can stand tall in, in God's grace and shout my praises. I'm not inhibited. But we're often inhibited by ourselves. And as you saw in the kids' ministry, we did God's grace. And we sang that song, God's grace is chasing us down. And I love that. We just need to give in to God's grace. Just let him catch up on you, you know, because he wants to offer his love. He wants to offer his grace so that we can operate at another level, a level of um, spirituality, connectedness with him, a new level of love. And his grace is chasing us down. We just need to let him get us. But often we're running away, but it's like you can't outrun the grace of God, you know, and that's part of that song. It's no more condemnation, no more separation. You know, nothing can keep us from God, but we just need to give in. And maybe today you need to say, I'm convinced about God's grace and I'm just gonna stop running because I can't outrun it. You know, I'm gonna let your goodness and mercy take me over. The surrender, uh, word for surrender in the dictionary means Stop resisting and submit to authority. How surrendered are we? It means to give up or to hand over. And here's another word. It means to stop fighting and admit defeat. But we're like, we're winners as Christians. Sometimes we're doing it our own way and we need to stop and we need to admit defeat and we need to surrender. I would far rather work in the grace of God than in the energy that I can find in myself. I'm not talking about surrendering to sin and to selfishness and to wrong things. I'm talking about surrendering to the love of God, to the greatness of a God who loves you everlasting, with everlasting love. And he draws us from those places. And we just need to say, I'm convinced of your grace, therefore I will surrender. Why don't we just give in voluntarily? You know, God's not gonna force us. He's not gonna put a gun to our head and make us. He just wants us to receive with gratefulness and thankfulness. I think there's levels of surrender. I know when I was a, a young Christian, God didn't put much pressure on me. He's gracious like that. But as you grow and you take responsibility, sometimes there's some more challenges to grow in God and it takes a little bit. And I'm gonna talk about surrendering those things unto him because we believe he's good. So surrender may not be talked about a lot, but you know, surrender is your greatest place of empowerment. And I'm convinced about that. Surrender is my greatest place of empowerment when I can get up and overcome some of the things that would try and hold me back. I, you could call surrender like decision moments. Hopefully today I'm praying something you'll just get. Oh, I just got it today. It's like a moment, a conviction. And we can all love our moments in worship. Oh, God spoke to me, this dropped into my spirit. But what we've got to do is turn our moments into momentum. And often we come out of the moment and we've sung, my desire is you. Then we're in our life and we're like, my desire is for everything else, you know? <laughs> and we haven't put traction on the road. So how do we grow? Is by taking a moment of truth. We're I just got that. 
and we apply it in our everyday life. What did you say, God? I'm going to put it into my everyday walk and I'm going to find the grace that accompanies the truth in that word. So we need to get better at letting go, letting those truths drop and then working them into our lives. When we are moved in our hearts, we need to move the conviction into our walk. And a lot of people can have conviction on Sundays in their heart, but they don't have it in their walk. And that's where we've got to get better. And I think it just takes encouragement and it just takes a surrender. William Booth, we've heard of William Booth, the Salvation Army man, great officer. He just said the greatness of a man's power is in the measure of his surrender. And we want to be great sometimes without any surrender. But when we're surrendering to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords, he's going to increase our power. The Bible says he's going to increase our might. You know, we're going to fly like the wings of an eagle. You know, we're going to run and not grow weary. We're going to walk and we're not going to faint. So the measure of a man's power or the greatness of a man is in the power or the measure of his surrender. Surrender doesn't weaken. People are like, oh, I'll be weak if I'm giving in, I'm weak. But it doesn't. Surrender actually strengthens. There's more space, more grace space, more for God to move in your life and move through your life. So we're going to look at the greatest surrender in the scripture, and that was Jesus, of course. And we're going to read from Mark chapter 14, verse 32 to 42. And it just says, then they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him. And he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is extremely sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch. He went a little further and he fell on the ground. And he prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not I will, but what you will. Then he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again he went away and prayed and spoke the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again. For their eyes were heavy and they did not know what to answer him. Then he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the man, son of man, is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And here we see Jesus surrendering to his father. Jesus knew where the source of his power was. Jesus knew how to turn the moments with his father into momentum and outwork the will of God in his life. He only wanted to be doing what the father was doing. He didn't want to do his own thing. He wanted to be connected to the source of his power. And he knew by connecting, he would find the strength to go ahead with everything that was facing him. He voluntarily surrendered for you and I for mankind, that we might know grace, we might know life, we might know freedom, we might know abundance, we might know the prosperous nature of Jesus Christ. He was convinced of God's plan, therefore he surrendered. 
So I'm just going to bring three areas of surrender of, out of that passage. So this is application from what I see. Um, what Jesus said to his disciples through this time, and it all involves uh, surrender, which sort of all match but are different. And the first one comes from Matthew 14, verse 32. He just said to them, sit here while I pray. And you know, there is a place of resting in prayer. And this is a surrender, if you want to hit it, of trust. You know, if we're convinced, we'll trust. But how often do we try and outwork the plans in our own strength? And Jesus is saying, sit here while I pray. And you know, the um, Word of God tells us that Jesus intercedes on our behalf. He takes our prayer of faith and he goes before the Father and intercedes on our behalf. But too often we get up and we're striving and we're trying to make it happen. And Jesus says, sit down. Just sit down. I've got this. You know that song? It's like, if you don't believe me, just watch. Maybe Jesus wrote that. <laughs> just watch. Just sit down. You know, sometimes when you're serving someone, you know, you just want to serve them and they keep getting up to help. And you're like, no, sit down. Just sit down. And I just think that's so lovely that Jesus wants to serve us. I love periods of faith when I'm like, I know you've got this, God. And God just gave me the scripture and I interpreted it in my fashion. Psalm 5 verse 12. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you sh shall or will surround him as with a shield. And that was just like a moment. And I'm like, okay, I take this moment and I move it into momentum. We've got kids ministry, we've got shout, we've got rooms to find while the church is in the mercury. And I'm like, we're gonna put our favor shield on. It says we're surrounded with favor like a shield. It's like, we're gonna wear this thing. And nobody is gonna say no to us because they can't resist our faith. Come on, things have to yield to your faith. So I went to Zambro on the corner and said, can we have your restaurant for our kids' ministry for five weeks in a row? They said yes. They opened an hour later to accommodate us. It's like we expected them to say yes because we had our favour shield on. You know, we're going to prosper in our budget for shout. We're not the poor department. We're going to thrive. We just touched things and it was like, yes. We needed soldiers' uniforms free. We got that $2,000 grant from, that Debbie applied for. We got free stationery. It was just amazing. We were just like, wow. Somebody gave us a picture that it was like snakes and ladders. You know, snakes and ladders. And it's like, you're just going to go up the ladders. And so prophetically, put that on the wall. It's like, whoop, we've just gone up another ladder. Don't you love that? Just that, oh, I'm convinced that God has it. And we just need to operate in a level. It's taking a moment of a scripture, which is not there all the time, but it's a moment and turning it into momentum. But what say the answers a wee bit longer um, coming? And um, we don't see quite as quick at that, but God says, sit here while I pray. Come on, I'll unburden you. I'll help you. I will give you moments that are like light on the journey. Maybe you haven't quite got there, but you and you keep rising up. And I believe God would say, just sit down. You know, sometimes I think, oh, I'll get up and I'll try and make it happen. 
And Jesus said, just sit down. And that's when I find peace, when I sit down. When I stop striving, I stop trying to make it happen, and I sit down because Jesus is praying for me, and I'm convinced that he will come through with the best answers. Maybe you're here today and you need to sit down. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. He just wants you to keep coming back to peace. Sometimes it's like, yeah, the answer's long coming, but I'm going to sit down. And it's not a sit down of inactivity, it's a sit down of trust. I surrender my trust. I'm believing. I'm expecting. Come on, we need to place our concerns in the hands of God. You know, praying is putting your affairs and what you, what you need in the hands of God. If you don't pray, whose hands are, you know, are they in? I don't want it to be up to me. I want to be hooked in to the King of Kings, the one who can do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask or think. So if you're convinced today you're going to surrender, oh, I've been a little doubtful, I've been striving, but today I'm going to surrender, I'm going to trust, because I'm convinced you're trustworthy, that you will bring it to a good conclusion. We see people in the Bible who mess it up, like Abraham, you know, went ahead of time, tried to make it happen. But sometimes we need to, like Jesus said to the disciples, sit here while I pray. Wow, Jesus is interceding for us. He intercedes before the throne of grace. Here's a quote. If you don't surrender to Christ, you surrender to chaos. And we can see a world that is surrendered to chaos. They're trying to fix it. They can't find the answers to the human heart. And that's why we need to surrender to God. Otherwise, we surrender to chaos. Could be in our mind, could be in our circumstances, could be in our relationships. So how about we listen to Jesus and if he's saying, sit down, sit down. Sit here, stay here. Okay, the next one is a surrender of commitment. And he says to his disciples, stay here and watch. It's like, be here. I need you guys. Jesus invites his closest friends to accompany him. In verse 34, he says, and he took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is extremely sorrowful. This is probably the first time that Jesus has opened his heart up in such a, um, a needy way because he's facing the biggest trial of his life. And it's like, guys, we've walked together I need you to be here. I need that commitment from you to support me because there's something going on. Watch. This is just not about me giving up my life. This is about all the demonic forces and the hell and the dirt and the filth of sin coming upon me. It's more than a man can handle. But he's like, stay here. Stay with me. Stay here and watch. And I believe Jesus wants to share his heart with every single one of us. He wants us to show what is invading. You know, he wants to show that, you know, we are up against principalities and forces. You know, we don't need to get all spooked out about that, but there are reasons. There are forces. And we can usher in the kingdom of God, but sometimes we're so not there. And Jesus said, I want to share my secrets with those who fear me. And I want to be one he whispers to. 
I want to be one that he talks to. I want to be one that, and I know you're convinced about that too, that he shows you things you couldn't see in the natural, but you could see them in the spiritual. You know, Jesus wants us to be with him. He wants us to be discerning. When you think of stay here and watch, Jesus is talking about a vigilance. What does that mean? It means about a courage to stay awake, to be in the spirit and not to drift it off somewhere else. And we need to surrender to make a commitment to be there in the spirit. We are convinced of the authority that God has. We are convinced of the authority Jesus has. We are convinced of the authority that Jesus has given us to stop things, to forbid things, to take authority, to be there in the spirit and see the battle raging and go, I've got authority. I've got the name of Jesus. I've got the power of God on my side. But sometimes we're so asleep. And I believe God is saying, come on, surrender to commitment. You know, a lot of people pray after everything's messed up and, you know, the enemy's had a go and there's destruction. It's like, oh, now we wake up and we pray. Help God, we need you. But Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call unto me and I will answer thee, old version, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. But how will Jesus share with us or open his heart to us if we're so not there? if we don't accompany him, if we don't partner with him, if we don't partner with the Holy Spirit. It's like, come on, wake up, church. Wake up, Helen. Because there are more victories to be won if we move in the realm of the Holy Spirit, not striving, but in the power Like I'm convinced Jesus has given me authority. We all have a post. I have a post. You have a post. Stay here and watch, stay at your post. And I know the post, and I'm not going to um, share it with you this morning, except to say when I had teenagers, I had a post. And I wouldn't be able to shut the gate in my heart and my emotions until the last one came home. And when his car came down the drive, <laughs> he knows who it is, I could shut the gate. I could close the gate in my heart and say, oh, safe, all right. He's home. But we've all got responsibility and we shouldn't shut the gate until everyone's in. And I think that's the surrender we need to make of commitment. It's the heart of a shepherd to say, we wanna see everyone saved. We wanna see everyone winning. We wanna see everyone come free of demonic forces or powers. We wanna see them all in. We wanna see them all in. You have a post. But so many people abandon their post I was to ask you, do you know what your post is? That Jesus is like, be vigilant, be there, partner with me. There's things I'm going to show you that you'd be amazed about. But are you there or have you left it? When we leave our post, we leave other people uncovered. And that's where the enemy gets in. So wake up now. Let's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm vigilant. I'm awake. I'm alive. Okay, watching and understanding. Maybe it might mean surrendering other things. Maybe it might mean surrendering TV to watch. Might mean, and that's nothing wrong in all these things, sleeping. <laughs> but less sleep. Less sleep, less slumber. But watching. I've got a post. I've been appointed a charge. 
and I'm watching in the name of Jesus. That's why I love corporate prayer meetings. When I pray, I hear God's voice in my voice. I don't know how to pray, but I start praying for somebody and I'm speaking loudly. Then I hear myself saying something I haven't thought about, but I'm like, that's it, that's God, I'm convinced. And I've got the answer. I've had dreams. Somebody died in my dream overseas years ago. They were fine because we said, how are you? Without saying, what? But our, team, <laughs> but our team prayed. It's like there's a health threat against this. I know it. I know it in the spirit. We pushed it off in prayer. Four months later on the millennium, she was hit with meningitis and should have died. But do you know God and his love, his grace on the other side of the world had a group of women praying and pushing off that death threat of her life. Come on together. We've got, we can get this. We can pick up things. I got a postcard from a lady from another church recently who I, that they asked if we could pray for them. Infertility for eight years. But there were some things to contend with. And I got a postcard of a baby that she's had and it was eight years of infertility. And we're like, yes. How many more breakthroughs could we have if we're vigilant? It's my post. I'm here. And I'm not slacking off. I'm not going to shut the gate till everybody's in, that I know they're safe. Thought about that at church too, is everybody in? Then you go, oh, I can shut the gate. Let's care. Let's surrender to commitment, knowing Jesus has the authority. And the last one is a surrender to the will of God. And Jesus said to his disciples, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. And you know, the will of God is not always easy because sometimes it cuts through what we think we might like to do. But Jesus here was pressing into the will of God. He was convinced. I'm convinced. Someone said to us, if you're in the will of God, God will look after your children. And we shifted our children several schools. But they're all geniuses <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> 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 because if you're in the will of God, God will look after your children. Mark 14, 35, it says, he went a little further and he fell on the ground and prayed if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Jesus would have liked to stop, but he had to press and press and press further into the will of God. And we see him struggling with his humanity. He's wrestling with the will of God. He's not just, oh yeah, here I am, I can do this easy. It's like he's wrestling. He sweated drops of blood. He was in agony. And the disciples weren't helpful, they weren't even awake. But he's wrestling with the will of God. But he knew that this test would bring about the greatest testimony, that this was the greatest accomplishment for mankind. So Jesus surrendered to the will of God by saying, nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. And we see that great agony brought about great victory, the greatest breakthrough. You know, some of the greatest battles we will face or will we, we will wrestle with is our own will. Surrendering to the will of God. And we're probably like, yeah, I do, I'm good, I'm all sweet. But really, when it comes to it, do we? And God spoke to me once in that place of wrestling, Helen, there's some battles you have to lose. Now, I'm all about winning, like winning, you know, and victory. And it's like, no, you've got to lose some battles. There's some, because to win, you've got to lose sometimes. And my, probably my first one, which was not a big deal, but who knows that Bruce is a very 
large figure in a sense of bold and conviction, strong. So when we go into ministry, but I'm quite a private person. But the will of God will expose you. You cannot do the will of God privately. And a lot of us are like, yeah, I want to serve God, but I want to do it privately. And I likened it to when we used to go camping. And Bruce continually did it, even though I asked him not to. He continually did it. We had a caravan and an awning, and the children slept in the awning. When we shifted house once, they all had chicken pox in the awning on holiday. <laughs> but Bruce would, you know, once he's ready to go, we call him Bolter. Down comes the awning before I've sorted everything out. The kids are probably still getting dressed, and it's like the whole mess is there for everybody to see. It's like, oh, Bruce, can't you wait till I pack that down and then pull the tent down? No, he doesn't double handle, you just do it once. And so the sides of our life just came down on us, and there we were, just all exposed. <laughs> and that's just like the will of God. And for me, I didn't want to be exposed. I wanted to have order before I was seen. But who knows in the will of God, you've got to go out there and God helps you tidy up the mess or the shyness or the embarrassment. And it's like Bruce is like, expose me to a very public world because he didn't care. He made a, a decision a long time ago that he was never going to be embarrassed because embarrassment would be something that would hold him up from the, the will of God. But the will of God is going to expose you but on the other hand, it's going to cover you and give you grace to grow and develop. So that was something. And God said to me, if you protect yourself, Helen, I can't. And sometimes we're trying to protect ourselves from making a mistake. You know, from getting it wrong. Maybe for somebody not um, getting us or misunderstanding us. We try and protect ourselves. And God just said to me, if you, you know, if you protect yourself, I can't because you're in the way. And I had to go, God, I surrender. I'll let you. God, I'll do what you asked me to do. And yeah, I'll cope with the embarrassment and I'll get better at <laughs> handling it. The will of God will expose you. And that's the wrestle sometimes in people's hearts. But I want to tell you today, let go, because the will of God is incredibly powerful. Going to London, and this is my testimony, and after 14 years of pastoring this church, and many of you have heard this, that um, Bruce felt God say, you're going to go to London and plant a church, which was great. But going to London to plant a church meant leaving what you loved. And sometimes there's some battles you have to lose. And I was going to, yeah, leave behind the church that we'd pastored. I was going to leave behind my children. I was going to leave behind my grandchildren. But I found in that journey that you can't outgive God. God is no man's debtor. He comes up. I'm convinced about that. But I needed convincing because I was like, God, couldn't there be somebody else? What about them? <laughs> what about them? <laughs> but I knew it was going to take a strong gift like Bruce to break that ground open. So I just thought, God, show me, this is my testimony, what Bruce is seeing. Because this is the first time in direction. We probably haven't been on the same page. It wasn't an argument. It wasn't a a problem between us, but it's just like I was struggling. I was wrestling in my spirit. And the more I wrestled, the less peace I had. So I prayed a prayer and I said, God, help me to see what Bruce is seeing. And so alignment was what it was all about. So I came behind like, show me. Okay, I'm standing by, show me. And immediately, just like that, 
I got one of those moments that I turned into momentum. And God spoke to me out of Genesis 13. And he just said after Abraham and Lot had separated, he said, look out from the place from which you stand. Look to the north, the south, the east, and the west. And the land which I, I show you, I will give it to you and your descendants forever. And I was like, boom, moment, because I'd aligned, because I'd surrendered, because I'm like, there's some battles I've got to lose. I can't fight this. And maybe there's many here fighting the will of God and God says, just surrender, just give in, because you're convinced the will of God is the best thing. And so out of that scripture, when it went, boom, God said to me, Helen, if you can see it, you can have it. As clear as like that, God's words just came right in behind. And I said, God, could this be the time if we ask my parents to come to London with us for the first three months that they will get saved? That's what I saw. So I asked my parents, and my dad was born from English parents but had never been there. They came. The people in the church were lovely to them, shared their testimonies to them, had them for meals. Then on the last day before they flew back, my father gave me a card, and he's a bit of a character, and he had a little man on it jumping off the cliff. And I just, because I could read it in the spirit, are you ready? He said, yes. And with tears, we led my mum and dad in their mid-70s to the Lord. And it came out of a convincedness. Yes, you can clap, it's a great testimony. When I surrendered to say, God, whatever. You can't outgive God. And the rest is history. God has blessed that London church, and you'll hear more about that. But sometimes there's some battles you have to lose to win. And Jacob was like that. He was running from God, and I'll just finish with this. He needed to surrender, but he wrestled with the will of God. Jacob was running because he had done his brother out of his birthright. His brother was angry and was going to kill him. And they said, Jacob, you better get on your way and, and you better run fast because Esau's going to kill you. So Jacob's off on his way. But he just needed to surrender to God and to give in to how God wanted to work it out in his life. And on the way, he makes a conditional surrender. Genesis 28, verse 20. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me, and keep me in this way that I'm going, and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I can come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. He was convinced about the birthright, even though he went the wrong way at getting it. He wasn't convinced that he was gonna be provided for. He said, if you do this, do this, do this, do, then you'll be my God. He goes and he meets Uncle Laban. It's like looking in a mirror. Uncle Laban is a bigger deceiver than Jacob is. And Jacob learns how to change. And then he starts heading home. He's worried, I've got to meet Esau. He might be still mad at me. But he has an encounter. He has a moment with God. And we see him wrestling with the will of God. And this is a battle that Jacob had learned to surrender in, to lose. He was conditional, if you do this. Now he's like, all I want is you, God and I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. All I need is you, I'm convinced about you. And in that surrender, in that moment of breakthrough, God changes his name. And he said, Jacob means supplanter. 
But because you've prevailed and you've pushed through, you've changed your surrender because now you're more convinced. I'm gonna change your name from Jacob to Israel. And you will be the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. You know, when we have an encounter with God, He changes our name. There's a book I love, it's an allegory. And I can liken it to myself. And this journey started with much afraid. And as she journeyed through and surrendered and flourished where she was planted, she became grace and glory. And I'm taking that for myself. What's the name change? You know that God has put on you. Maybe you felt like you're a failure. But as you surrender and wrestle with God and maybe lose some of the battles that God says, you've got to let that go because I've got a bigger, something bigger in mind that He might change your name to overcomer where you wear something because you've become it and your name changed. And God wants to change our name in a sense. He knows who we are. But where we're wearing the wrong name because we're unsurrendered, He's like, man, I can give you a new name because you've surrendered, because you're totally convinced. God has got all we need and we just need to say, God, you're the one I follow. I'm gonna give up the wrestling in my own mind. I'm gonna be, give up the wrestling of wanting to be a bit anonymous. Because who knows, the will of God sometimes pushes you out there. But God's grace, that's where it is when we're out beyond what we can sometimes cope with. So what's God saying to you today? Is it a moment? Boom, I heard it. You know, do I need to trust? Or I'm up trying to do it all in my own strength and do I just need to sit down? Sit here. And Jesus said, I've got it. You watch me. And I'll give you moments of revelation you can walk on. You can put a word into action. I'm faithful. Are you convinced of His faithfulness? Maybe today you might just need to say, God, I need to make a commitment, a surrender to being more committed, to being in that realm of prayer, to being in that realm of where you can share your heart, that you can give me things and I'll partner with people for breakthrough. I'll partner with you to break principalities and powers because I'm convinced you have all authority. God wants us to surrender in a whole new way. Maybe you're here and you're wrestling with the will of God. I'm not sure. I just believe God's going to settle and it's like, you're safe. God's got your life and it's far beyond what you could ever, ever begin to imagine or believe. God just says, let go. Stop trying to work it out. Don't be conditional. And God told me once, stop being conditional. Be unconditional. And that's where God can change your name and show His glory through your life. How about we stand? Probably said a lot of words. <laughs> but I'm sure something's landed in your heart. Is that right? If we are convinced, we surrender. Okay, so make some sort of surrender. If you've got up and you're striving, well, just say, I surrender, I sit down. Every time you sit down, peace comes. It's like, it's okay, you've got this, God. It's okay. So how about we close our eyes right now? Father, we just thank you for this moment. Lord God, and Father, we thank you that, Lord God, you reveal truth. And your truth comes through your Holy Spirit. 
Father, we thank you that you can translate this word into thousands of different ways into people's lives. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, just to breathe on it. Father, to make it real, to make it pertinent. Father, for it to come alive and make a big difference in somebody's life and their journey. Thank you that you were on a journey and your grace is with us. That, Father, we don't need to fear. Father, we don't need to be embarrassed. Father, we don't need to be afraid and scared, Lord God, but we can trust you. Father, we stay at our post. Today, Lord God, we choose to be in that place of vigilance, of watching, of pushing back powers of darkness. We push back in the name of Jesus. We push back to see, Lord God, your kingdom come. We push back in the name of Jesus. We surrender because we're convinced that you have all authority and all authority you've given us. You've given us the name of Jesus. And Lord, we know that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that You are Lord. Father, we just push back doubts. We push back fears. We push back selfishness. Father, and we pray for an ushering in of Your wonderful Kingdom. Father, and peace in Jesus' Name. Just receive, just receive what you need. Just take a moment to say, what are you saying? God can translate my words into your situation. Just say, what are you saying? Where do I need to take a move? Where do I need to turn a moment into momentum? By taking what I've heard and putting it into traction in my everyday life. Thank you, Lord God. Just bless, Lord God, all these wonderful people, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Your grace is chasing them down. And we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.